and welcome to the BEC. I am your host, Sav. And I am your co-host, B.A. And today, since we are new to the podcast game, we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves um, a little bit about myself. I am in my last semester of grad school. I'm going to become a speech-language pathologist. Something interesting. Um, I own a life-size cardboard cutout of Elvis Presley. She does, and he, he lived with us for quite some time. He scared a lot of our friends. Excellent yeah. security. If you're having a security problem, buy a lifestyle cutout of a man. Uh, it'll work wonders. And it'll scare you, too, sometimes, especially if you leave him at the foot of your bed. All right, B.A., tell the people a little bit about yourself. Okay, I will. I'm B.A., <laughs> and I'm also in my last semester of graduate school. I am getting my master's in accounting, and I also got my undergraduate degree in accounting. So putting all my eggs in one basket there. And I am going to be working as an auditor this summer. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, And an interesting fact about me is I used to work in Disney World. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, you did. That's probably my most interesting thing. (laughs) You were the star of Disney World. You killed it. Basically. So, BA, do you want to tell the people how we met? Let's tell the people how we met. So it was my very first semester of college, and it was Savannah's third semester of college. And we were invited to a pre-church singing dinner get-together at one of our friends' homes. And we bumped into each other, and I looked into her eyes, and I said, you're going to be my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's it just happened like that but ba yes i remember the time that we we fell in love as friends truly madly deeply do you please tell me about it so we were at my cousin's apartment where i did my laundry and uh we were sitting there i think his roommate was there and i was playing a little ditty on my ukulele and you said what are you playing and i I got all kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, I really like old music. I'm playing some Elvis. And you were like, I love Elvis. And then from that moment on, I just, it solidified everything that I knew of BA. And I knew that she was going to be my bestie. Absolutely. Because we both loved the same man. So Yeah, and he lived with us. Yep, of course. Like, For a year and a half, he was, right? He was our strongest bond. Yeah, a year and a half, and then I ditched you to go down to Florida, but that year and a half, that was amazing. And my best ever trip involved Elvis as well. Oh, goodness. Did you love that? Fall break. Fall break. Memphis, Tennessee. Graceland, the home of Elvis. Oh. Absolutely amazing trip. I laughed. I cried. Um, I took twice as long as you and Anna did to get through the house. Oh, absolutely twice as long. (laughs) Just a transformative experience. Um, Is that a word, transformative? I think it is, maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. It is right now. All right. It is right now. Uh, Just like taking in all of those Presley family vibes and, you know, really internalizing them and processing them. So many emotions that you had to deal with that day. Absolutely. Me as well. Yes. 
And I, I told you that my grandparents used to have the same furniture that he had in the jungle room, didn't I? Oh my goodness. Listener. Or listeners plural. We might have one. We have one person listening. And it's it's my mom. She's learning how to do the podcast app. Paula, have you yes. seen this furniture? Listeners, um, if you have not heard of Elvis Presley's jungle room in his home, please go and Google this so you understand Savannah's amazing grandparents and their impeccable taste. And let me just say, my papa, when he bought the furniture, did not know that Elvis had this furniture in his home. He just saw it and <gasps> liked it. He just had the same wow. taste as Elvis and didn't even know it. Um, but they had it in their house for decades upon decades. That is incredibly amazing. It was. It was a statement. Absolutely. So obviously, guys, you can tell that mine and Sav's friendship is very strongly bonded. We love Elvis deeply. We love each other Mm -hmm. deeply. And I pretty much know all there is to know about Sav. Sav knows pretty much all there is to know about me. But I think we're going to put this to the test right now, and we're going to interview each other a little bit. Hopefully we're going to learn some, and you're going to learn some as well. So, Sav... I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off here and I'm gonna interview you. All right. All right. My questions that I have for you, I'm gonna pick oh, how do I even pick which question to begin with? Let's see. I know I've I've got several questions for you. Yes. If animals could speak, in your Mm. opinion, which species would be the funniest? Oh, which species would be the funniest? Um I'm trying to think because I feel like my my thoughts are biased from cartoons and the like. You know, like we've been conditioned to believe that that rabbits and ducks are really funny. Mice. Yes. Dogs. Um you know, I Ugh, this is hard. Um I feel like I mean, this was my favorite animal for a while, so I might be a little bit biased, but I feel like the platypus could be really humorous. I feel like the platypus would not take itself so seriously because it is such a ridiculous animal. It is Um, ridiculous. May I tell you a fun fact about platypus? Please, tell me. Platypuses, platypi. I think both are appropriate. They, oh my goodness, I'm going to be so embarrassed if this is wrong, but I'm pretty sure... (laughs) Female platypi lactate through their sweat glands. <laughs> Wait, I have to look this up right now. I, I really hope that's something you just made up, that it's not accurate at all. Okay, listen to this. Although possessing mammary glands, the platypus lacks teats. Instead, milk is released through pores in the skin, much like sweat. This milk pools and grooves on their abdomen, which allows the young to lap it up. Okay, we'll see. They sweat milk. You can't take yourself too seriously. You have to develop a really great sense of humor if you sweat milk and you have a bill and a beaver tail and you lay eggs, but you're also a mammal. And you're... Are they marsupials? Am I making that up? That might be. They might Mm, not be. 
right. Well, we do a lot of research for this podcast. So, um, a lot has gone into this. So, yeah, um, I think platypuses, platypi would be humorous creatures. They are not marsupials, they are monotrums. I don't know how to say that word. Uh, they cannot be marsupials because marsupials give birth to live young. Oh, okay. All right. So we are already off to an amazing start. We have learned so much. So much. All right. Savannah, please Mm -hmm. tell me, what did you dream about last night? Oh, man. Um, oh, I had a weird dream the other night. Oh, yes. Please share. Uh, Oh, what was it? Um someone was trying to hurt me and it, it was like it was something unexpected it was like a, a character from a tv show um it was fraser fraser was trying to kill me what <laughs> I, i've been watching a lot of fraser in the quarantine and i love fraser so much um it makes me feel smart when i watch it um and i understand the humor but yeah, for some reason, Fraser was trying to kill me. I don't know why, um, but I did have wow. that dream the other night. Do you know how he was trying to kill you? I think he was just chasing me with a knife or something. I don't. I don't remember. Oh, the classic stabbing dream featuring Kelsey Grammer as Fraser. <laughs> I love that. All right, oh, we just had a serious input into Savannah's soul right there. <laughs> All right, it's one of my deepest fears. Next question. What was the last song you sang? Um, the last song I sang, um, I believe it was, it was either our theme song or I was singing, I was learning how to play Annie's song by John Denver on my ukulele. Love that. So listener slash listeners, plural. Uh, our single that listener. If you love that little ditty at the beginning of this podcast, that was a Sav uh, original cover. You can't, it can't be an original Par- cover. Uh, it's a, it was a parody. parody. Absolutely. Of Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. Uh, and it was just absolutely beautiful. She just whipped that up, came up with I the did. words, learned it on the uke. She's a superstar. Uh, you're too kind. Listener, our, our single listener, Bethann is also an incredibly talented vocalist and musician. She was in our our college's choir, and she just has the voice of an angel. So, oh my! Well, I'm blushing. You can't tell, but it's there. Okay, <laughs> let's get. Oh wait, which question do I want to ask you next? Hmm. Okay. Here's one. In your opinion, what movie do you think would be made better if it was turned into a musical? Oh, wow. Um, now I'm, I'm cycling through like all the movies that I've watched. And also, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was that episode of Bob's Burgers where they uh, Gene made Die Hard into a musical. Yes. Um, I would was... love Die Hard as a musical. <laughs> I just I love Die Hard. like that. Or Indiana Jones. Um, oh my goodness. On Broadway? Yes. Indiana Jones is sick. And someone that looks like a young Harrison Ford 
I mean, oh, yeah. that guy needs I to would be, be front row seats for that man to be up there singing and dancing through the jungle, running from the Nazis and all that stuff. Um, it'd be like, you know what? It'd be like Sound of Music, but with a lot more action, honestly. And a yes. lot more ruggedly handsome. But up the Nazis, and Maria is a lot more hardcore. Yes. And it has a hat. Yes. Yeah, just the first Indiana Jones. I think, because the second one is where the girl is, like, really lame and whiny, right? (gasps) Miriam? You don't like Miriam? I don't like her. She's annoying. She's dragging him down. No, she's not. Wait, The girl in the first movie is so much better. I don't even remember her Wait, name. I think what's the first movie? The first movie Temple. is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And oh, then yeah. it's Temple, Temple of Doom. Doom. I did not like it. Oh no, you're um, right. But I liked I liked number one and number three. Okay, number one is Miriam. I got that messed up. Yes. Number She's two, cool. I don't remember her name, but it's Steven Spielberg's wife. She was lame though. I mean, she was just annoying. Was lame. Also, Arizona Robbins, Grey's Anatomy. That's uh-huh. her mom. Really? Yeah. Wait, is her, I watched- her dad's not Steven Spielberg, though, is it? No, different dad. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Wow, uh, man, I'm just filled with the facts. <laughs> you, are. you are. Okay, how many questions was that? Uh, Was that three or four? I got dream. It was at least three. You, we had animal, animal dream. Oh, that was four. It was four? Yeah, you did animal song dream movie musical yes excellent yes. okay one more all right okay tell me a joke that's uh, your last one. um oh this joke this joke got me in like we were we were buddies um I had a we had a German exchange student in my high school my junior year and he was my locker neighbor and I told him this joke and he thought it was the best joke ever. He had his, he was telling his, um, his host family about it. Like he, he was just, he loved oh it. There's um, some hype. Jokes. So yeah, I mean, you probably heard it before, but cause that was, oh goodness. Um, seven years ago, I would have told this joke. Ooh. Eight, almost eight. I don't A long time ago. Anyway. So what did the Buffalo say to his son when he left for college oh brother tell me it bye son savannah this is wacky whack i was just in the car with my father we were driving (laughs) to a hiking trail we passed a bison i mistakenly called it a buffalo because i've never been taught the difference uncultured and my dad said my dad literally said, listen to this joke that I made up. <laughs> I invented this joke and I said it to all no, my colleagues. They thought it was hilarious. His colleagues had never heard this joke before. So he, and he apparently had never heard it either. So he told me that he invented it. He and thought then he, he made it up. He thought he invented that joke. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, bless his heart. If he had never heard it before, then he kind of did invent it. Just like <laughs> that's a bunch true. of other people have also invented it. That's true. That's not wrong. 
yeah, I mean, that's funny. Your brain still created it, even if it wasn't the first brain to do so. <laughs> I love that. Anyways, I just uh, thought that was uncanny. <laughs> what a quinky dink! Yes, absolutely. Oh, all right, man. those are all five of the questions that I have for you. Thank okay. You for, uh, letting me interview you. You have the job. When can you start? <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you. <laughs> This is so unexpected. <laughs> All right, BA, I have questions for you. Um, so we've established that you're, you you kind of like Disney a little bit. A smidge. Um, it's just one of the biggest things in your life. Um, so BA, I looked up some critically panned Disney movies. I will name Ooh. three. And I want you to tell me how you, I want you to pick the worst one. And I want you okay. to tell me how you would make it better. Give me just like a couple of things of how oh you would goodness, make okay. it better. Okay. So all of these movies have received 30 or below on Rotten Tomatoes. 30 so, or below? Yes. Um, I, have I, have some, I have some alternates in case you're not as familiar with all of them. Okay. Um, but one of the alternates has received a 36, but... Okay. Anyway, okay. So the first one is the Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause, seventeen what on Rotten Tomatoes. No seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. I think it's too high. You cannot hit Jim Allen on the Santa Claus movies. That is wrong. <laughs> All right, keep going. Okay. Um, number two is Inspector Gadget. <gasps> do, 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 do. Inspector Gadget. Uh, so that received a twenty-one. And then um, number three is Mulan 2, which received a zero. <laughs> I truly did not know a zero score was possible. It is, and Mulan 2 has it. Are you familiar enough with, with those three films to determine which one is the worst? Because I have alternates in case there's one where you're kind of iffy. You don't remember it very well. I do not remember Mulan 2 very well. However... When I was a child, I remember really liking it. Really? Yeah, but it's well, been a really long time since I've seen it. All right. Uh, what about Flubber? Oh, Flubber. What did Flubber get? I thought Flubber was like, people loved that movie. I mean, maybe the people did, but Rotten Tomatoes only gave it a 24. Maybe the people did. Uh, uh, give me, Give me your next alternate. Uh, Chicken Little. It received okay. a 36. I'm very familiar with Chicken Little. Okay. Chicken Little. So yeah, Chicken Little, The Santa Claus 3, and Inspector Gadget. Which one is the worst? Oh, brother. Probably none. I love those. I like all of those movies. Really? Okay. Really? Let's okay. Think. Hot take. Number one, Inspector Gadget. That, when when you are a child, nothing fuels your creativity like looking at a man who has gadgets coming out of his body. Okay? That is just, like, creativity <laughs> central. I love okay. that. Chicken Little. I mean, it's the classic Chicken Little story, but, like, with aliens. Also, mm-hmm. when all of his friends... I don't know if this is in the movie or if this is in, like, the closing credits. But, like, all of his friends are singing that Spice Girl song. Oh, I think it was in the movie. Because I think in the credits they sing Don't Go Breaking My Heart, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. So what is that song called? I forgot. Wannabe. Wannabe, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, that scene was awesome. Okay. Watching a nerdy chicken with buck teeth singing wannabe. Did he have teeth? I- no, it was uh, his friend. Oh, that oh was the duck. Chicken. Oh, a duck. Yes, a duck. The ducks don't have teeth in real life. That's creepy. I never thought about that. Ducks do have teeth in real life. I mean, they're they're like little though. They're not duck teeth. They are. Have you ever googled the inside of a duck's mouth? Ducks have teeth on their tongues. Oh, that's. So Why cool. do I know all this weird? I'm <laughs> <laughs> myself. I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. All right, listener, go Google the inside of a duck's mouth. Pretty sure you will be freaked out. Oh, they have rows of thin bristles in their mouth that help them scoop and filter nutrients. It is crazy looking. Anyways, I think I'm going to land on Santa Claus 3. Okay. I love Tim Allen. I love Santa Claus. But Santa Claus and Santa Claus 2 are so good that it's like it's hard for Santa Claus 3 to be great. I... I think it's just, like, not as complex or interesting a plot as Santa Claus 1. I think Mm -hmm. it's too easy and too predictable. He goes back in time. Oh, his life is terrible now. He has to get back in time to make things good again. And it's just, like, ugh. So I don't really necessarily know how I'd make it better because I love Jack Frost. I think he's so really? funny. Who's that that plays Jack Frost? Was it Martin Short? Martin Short plays Jack Frost, and I think he is so funny. Perhaps they need a they just they need better motivation. Like nobody wants to become Santa Claus. Nobody is gonna make money from being Santa Claus. That's not realistic. All right. We can't like just invent these rules we can't do that this is santa claus this is the north pole and this is christmas there are rules that we have been living by for centuries about how this stuff works you cannot just go saying an evil santa claus would start selling toys and make an amusement park out of the north pole that's not gonna happen like okay so i think if i were gonna make it better i think i would just make it a bit more realistic i mean we're not here to play around when it comes to christmas mm-hmm. that's my that's my final judgment that's true and that's your other passion is christmas big time yeah love it so yeah um my next question for you is a would you rather all right ba would you rather have one long chin hair that you could never pluck or (laughs) would you would you rather have like a giant bushy beard but you can shave that off every day and no one would ever know that you have it the shaved beard. I would keep the beard. <laughs> you but you have to shave it every single day. I don't care. Would you imagine someone with an extra long hair coming out of their chin? You would never be able to have a conversation with them and take it seriously. You'd be staring at the rope hanging off of their chin. Well, I mean, it- plucking that hair. You would be talking to them. And you just slowly reach your hand out and then have to keep yourself from plucking their face hair. <laughs> Easy Okay. All right. Um, so my next question for you. Um, what pasta do you most relate to as 
an Italian woman. Oh, what, brother. What pasta? I, I am 25% Italian. This is correct. Mm-hmm. However, my knowledge on pasta is tremendously limited. I um, definitely do not relate to lasagna because I don't like lasagna. I don't relate to spaghetti because I don't like spaghetti. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what pasta I, do you eat? I like, I really like fettuccine Alfredo. And so I think that I most relate to fettuccine Alfredo because fettuccine Alfredo is rich. It is thick. and It is creamy. And it is cheesy. And it is salty. And I make amazing fettuccine Alfredo. And I made myself amazing. So I think. Good for you. Based on those similarities, I'm going to have to pick fettuccine Alfredo. Okay. All right. Let's see. That was question. Thank you. Thank you. That was question number three. So question number four. Um, This is another another choice question. I like these. Um, So this is date, marry, dump um, with famous inventors. So... (gasps) Uh, our first our first bachelor is George Washington Carver, who oh, you yeah. you think he invented peanut butter. He didn't actually invent it, but he he hyped up peanuts, he got people on board with it, and everybody gives him credit for peanut butter. He did I looked up he invented a peanut oil massage for um po- polio, I think is what my notes say. Um wow. So, I mean, like, maybe we wouldn't have really good fried meats without him today because peanut oil is Chick-fil-A. pretty essential. Chick-fil-A and deep fried turkey on Thanksgiving. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then number two, we have Benjamin Franklin. Electricity, obviously. Um, and then we have Eli Whitney of the Cotton Gin. Yes. So, who would you... Who would you want to date? You know, like maybe you have a good time together, but it, you know, it's just not meant to be. Maybe you stay friends. Who would you mm-hmm. dump and just say no way? And who who is it? Who is the one? Okay, I immediately know my answer. I All have right. to put zero on this. Uh, number one, who would I dump? Benjamin Franklin. He was a scuzz bag. Had syphilis for sure. Definitely cheated on his wife. Disgusto. Dump him. Who would I date? Eli Whitney. I mean, he's an awesome guy. The cotton gin, game changer. But I want to marry George Washington Carver because I eat peanut butter every single day. And we would have an unlimited supply for sure. You could do so much with peanuts. Your house would be overflowing. It would be. Peanut cookies. Pad Thai. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, the list could go on and on. And don't forget the famous PB&B that oh, yeah. our favorite man ever, Elvis, loved. The deep fried PB&B. Right. Love it. Deep fried and peanut oil. There you go. <gasps> oh, double peanut. Peanut on peanut action. Yeah. All right. So my final question for you is... And I found this on a website with strange interview questions. And I okay. I believe this was an interview question from someone that interviewed at um, 
uh, was it Whole Foods or or what's that other Trader Joe's? Right. It was it was one of those two, I think. Um, so would you rather fight one horse sized duck or one hundred duck sized horses? Uh, absolutely. I know my answer to this question. It's 100 duck-sized horses. Birds are <laughs> one of my greatest fears. And y- you know how to make something scarier? Make it the size of a horse. <laughs> I would lose my mind if that duck opened its mouth and I could see its tongue. You see all the tongue bristles. That would be heinous. I'm going with the 100 duck-sized horses. And maybe I would just pen them up and keep them as little pets. They'd look like little puppies. That would be really cute. I'd like to see a duck-sized horse. Me too. Those are really amazing questions. They really got my juices flowing. I tried. I tried. I'm glad glad your brain juice is going now. (laughs) All right, listener slash listeners, plural. I hope you got to learn so much about your co-hosts today. And Sav, I think you need to introduce a little mystery to the people listening to us right now. Uh, Yes. So you're probably listening to this podcast and you're thinking, what does BEC stand for? And, but before we, we talk about that, we need to talk about what the BEC is. It is sparkly it is spicy it is sassy Mm. it is unexpected oh yes brilliant mysterious and that last adjective is what i want to focus on because we're not going to tell you what bec stands for no we're not you can think of whatever you think it might stand for um because it doesn't matter what it stands for. That's not what we're talking about. We talk about whatever we want to talk about. And um, I was I was telling my mom, B.A., that I think of this podcast as the Seinfeld of podcasts, but with women. It's the podcast about nothing and everything at the same time. Bread um, out of quarantine boredom. The perfect yes. time to be born. And so... Um, so if you if you want to venture a guess as to what it stands for, if you happen to get it right, we would tell you privately, but we're not ever going to announce it on this show. You, you know, you got to leave the people wanting more. You got to draw people back in. A little mystery. So, um, so, yeah, that's the story on the BEC. Yeah, you might be a member and you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know. Or maybe you would. Maybe maybe you can immediately figure out what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, um, so BA, you have you have something for us before we close this out. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, we're gonna start we're gonna start a little tradition with the BEC podcast right here, right now, first episode. We are gonna sign you off as Snapple signs you on. With a crazy fact to leave you with, to keep you pondering, to keep you guessing, and to keep you thoughtful. And that crazy fact for you today comes from the United States Geological Survey. And the United States Geological Survey tells us 
that the average cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds. All right. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we're going to see you next time. Thanks for coming to the BEC podcast.